Kurt Cobain was probably trans. I, Here's as a white woman, am fully capable of dismantling this white supremacy within myself. Stop it. Stop. Say it with me. General preferences are always transphobic. Most of the time, I am this weird amalgamation of like genders and vibes and essence and just being that I literally cannot define. I don't know. You're just gonna have to take my word for it. It's Hello everyone, welcome back to the Jack Jewel podcast and whether you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or watching on YouTube, I am very glad to have you back here with me. So thank you for returning. If you are new, welcome. My name is Jack. On this podcast, I discuss politics, social culture, LGBT issues, whatever we really fancy. Um, normally it's about LGBT because I'm gay and that world's pretty crazy right now. So going solo today actually looking forward to it last time i had trans woman brianna ivy on the show so go check that out that was great um today lots of crazy stories to get through davina mccall uk presenter has been one of the latest cancellations this time from the gender critical side we have cats identifying as non-binary apparently that's a thing and then of course Favorite sections, woke TikToks. So let's get right into it. I've told 100,000 primary school kids I'm non-binary. Already sounds great. Off to a great start, <laughs> a groomy start, a disturbing start. <laughs> this, was, this was an article written by someone called Jack Lynch and I'm ashamed to see that he has the same name as me, but hello. Talking about you here, Jack, because, you know, we have beef, apparently. <laughs> he wrote an article with this title and then got piled on, so then changed the name of the article to I came out as trans to a nine-year-old. Their response floored me. Now, I don't really think one is better than the other. I mean, the second one is more creepy from a, you know, personally, um, I came out to this one ch nine-year-old. And then... The first one, 100,000 primary school kids are non-binary. Like, do these people have any legitimate goals or purpose in life other than to go and spread their ideology around and fulfill their narcissistic tendencies with validation? And why is it always, it's always validation from children, right? Because they're so much easier to manipulate. And we see these videos all the time of someone saying, look, you see, if kindergarten kids can get the non-binary, then why can't you? And it's like, yeah, because you can indoctrinate kids to anything. <laughs> that is not a feat. You know, you can convince a four-year-old that Santa Claus exists. So why would you use that as a measure? You know, everything is in opposite land for these people, but that's the world we live in. So Jack, if you're, you know, if you're not... Um... <laughs> If you're not watching, he's basically this guy with a beard and sometimes he wears a skirt and a dress. That means he's not a man, apparently. Again, opposite land. He wrote this article telling us about his childhood, his upbringing, and I have a lot of empathy for his story. I mean, he talks about uh, before he started school, you know, being able to dress in dresses and play with lots of girly things. But then going to school, which was a lot more gendered, ended up sort of reversing back and wearing more typical boys clothes. This caused him a lot of distress, suffered a lot of bullying. Again, so much empathy. I feel like I can relate to that on so many levels. Now, where Jack, I think, misses a trick and some sort of wires have been crossed the wrong way 
is that this article finishes with this, you know, lovely ending saying, I finally discovered my true self, which was non-binary. <laughs> so it's like you got nine steps there, but then you fell on the 10th one, Jack, because if you spent your whole life as a man and a boy, not, not being able to fit this gender stereotype box and suffering bullying as a mistake, then in my eyes, a way to actually break through from that is to realize, even though I am a man, I can do all these things. But it's not enough. It's not as much of a statement to say that, you know, no one's, you're not going to get as much praise. You're not going to be able to say I'm trans, which is a very big thing. He does identify as trans and non-binary because, you know, why not adopt two labels than, other than one? I'm Jack. My pronouns are they, them. And I identify as trans and non-binary. He works for this LGBT workshop company that basically go around to schools. Schools pay for this and they indoctrinate kids. That's, that's to put it lightly. It's called Pop and Ollie. Pop and Golly, it's disturbing, I would say, to say the least, the kind of things that they put into these children's minds. And you can see from the whole title, this is all about, this is not about the kids. This is about his identity, his validation, and because he believes that wearing a skirt and a dress does not make you a man, then now he's taken it upon himself as a career or a side hustle. I really hope it's a side hustle because that would be depressing. But taking it upon himself to capitalize on this and then spread the message around to children. So no, it's not an article saying I've inspired a thousand kids to leave a gang or to get off the streets or to want to go to university or something like that, even though we all know the universities are fucked at the moment. But no, it's I've told 100,000 children I'm non-binary. Does anyone see how twisted and disturbing that is? <laughs> is that an achievement? I mean, it's achievement in terms of time, but would you not rather be doing lots of other things that would actually be productive? instead of this hypocritical gender ideolo ideological spiral? Obviously not. So, <laughs> Pop and Ollie, this is the kind of stuff that they educate kids on. When we were born, it's likely a doctor or nurse looked at our body and gave us a label based on what they could see. This is often called a person's assigned sex because it is a label that has been assigned or given to us. Sexual orientation explained. Gay. Men who are attracted to other men. For Gay. someone who is pansexual, gender may not be important. Some people don't identify as either male or female. Some people feel that they are a mixture of non-binary will look and feel different for everyone. How do you explain privilege to kids? Imagine a world of shapes where triangles are in charge. All the doors are triangle shaped along with the beds, chairs, and clothes. Okay, that was enough as I could handle in this moment without throwing up. What gets these people out of bed in the morning? I have no idea. I mean, I can look at it in one way and say, obviously they, you know, we all think we have good intentions, but this is, this is super creepy, <laughs> all right? And not only are you kind of spreading this kind of harmful gender ideology, but from the moment kids are born, they are essentially colorblind. Kids do not come out of the womb racist if they're white. And 
what would actually be progressive for little kids is to raise them in a way of it doesn't matter what a person looks like treat people as an individual like it's that simple you know especially it's coming at them from every angle that they have to feel guilt because they're white and that they'll always be more privileged than another person two babies come out of the womb and they have the same level of privilege in western society i'm just going to say that unless they are from different socioeconomic backgrounds have abusive parents that kind of stuff right part of a cult i mean <laughs> these kids that they're indoctrinating are going to be less privileged than everyone else because they will likely get confused start explaining their sufferings with these odd identities genderqueer and then in some extreme cases may even result in medicalization i was talking to a teacher yesterday and he's a really nice guy but the topic of sex ed came up and this is this is primary school so i think he teaches like age 11 and i said out of curiosity do you teach about gender and he was like yeah well not too much but i basically tell the kids you know gender is socially constructed and sex is biological but you can choose your gender and i was like okay we're already way too many steps too far even just that telling kids oh sex is biological but you can choose your gender like what do you think kids are going to do with this information they are going to go and run with it and they they could be being taught many different things about being good, a good person, being a good friend, you know, doing well at their, their school subjects. And I think it's easy to look at this material the way they're being all like, what's privilege? Pansexual is when you're attracted to people of many gender identities. And it seems like they're being all sweet, but their message is harmful, so, I don't care. <laughs> I'll call it out. And I just, I mean, I feel sorry for them as one day they'll probably look back and be like, oh my God, we just literally created a whole organization that was based off indoctrinating kids into a cult. So cheers. I think I'm inspired to do a full video on these people because their TikTok and Instagram is hella disturbing. There's, there's a lot more stuff there. So Papa Nali, I'm coming for you. But final note on this is the article, you know, was obviously titled about telling kids I'm non-binary and um, inspiring a trans nine-year-old and their response flooring them. But then 80% of the article is just about Jack and me, 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 me growing up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now, he explains that he met a, ch a child that told him I don't fit into a box that everyone else seems to fit into I don't like doing normal girl things I like football and wearing boys clothes okay so again list of gender stereotypes but let's move on then he says whether this child was non-binary like me or simply a girl who dared to break traditional gender stereotypes was irrelevant okay so hint hint Jack they're the same thing how do you delineate the two? And then, of course, non-binary can be whatever non-binary wants to be. Again, it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point? You know, gay is one man and another man who have penises and they want to be together. Very simple. But non-binary can be whatever you want it to be. 
he said they were seeing the representation that I so desperately needed when I was their age and recognizing something similar in themselves. So interesting point about this is this kid never says I'm non-binary or trans, but he just decides to refer to the kid as they them. So you can see, you can see that the misgendering only ever works one way. So if you forget to say they, it's a misgender, but then you see a gender non-conforming kid and you're thinking, oh yeah, I can kind of sense it. This kid is probably trans or probably non-binary because they don't fit very caveman-like st gender stereotypes. Very progressive, so thoughtful. Like what did these guys do throughout the day and their lives? Do they not kind of lay back in bed and kind of think, huh, what if I just did the things I do and was still a man? Hmm, do skirts make you not a man? Obviously not, because that is the power of cult, of indoctrination, of this twisted reality. And then schools are so duped that they will gladly just be like, oh, right, this is great, let's pay for it. And this is why the more we can try and urge people to, even if a mi minority group is telling you, this is it, these, this is what you need to follow. I'm black, so therefore these are all the microaggressions. Just because a message is coming from a minority group, you can still push back on it. You can still question what they have to say. You don't have to agree to all of their demands for one of a fear of not being racist, transphobic. You know if you're racist. You know if you think a certain race should have less rights than you or you see them as inferior to you, or they deserve aggression, hate, violence, okay? If someone says, I'm black, but you're not allowed ever entertain the idea of having dreadlocks because that's a massive offense to me, then I'm gonna be the first to raise up my hand and be like, sorry, but that's bullshit, you know? And it doesn't make me racist to say so. Same with this kind of stuff. I can only imagine there are teachers out there who see these pop and gollies, Tweedledum and Tweedledee, walking into their classrooms and saying, what the fuck is happening, these poor children? But no, they can't say anything because then they will be anti-LGBT, they'll be a fascist, they'll be anti-gay, they'll be transphobic. It's warped. It's insane. Anyway, let's move on. So apparently I accidentally chose a theme today of gender ideology and kids, which I'm sorry, more disturbing stories to come. But when I was sort of putting it all together, I, I said, oh, huh, this is kind of all about indoctrination. So that's the theme today. Going undercover, the trans and non-binary education network tells schools to ignore government guidance. <laughs> so there's a network for everything, apparently. I didn't know there was a trans and non-binary education network in the UK because of course they need their own education network. So they were holding this event, this webinar, online event called the Draft Guidance on Gender Questioning Children, and it was aimed uh, towards teachers and educational professionals. Now there is a man called James Esses, I hope I'm saying that right, recommend you check him out. He was training to be a therapist, seems like a very intelligent guy, and was a big cancellation case in the UK because he noticed this um, phenomenon with young children tra transitioning 
Um, he was working for, I believe, a charity and it was a, a hotline for kids phoning up. So he really deeply cares about kids. And he noticed this law that was trying to come into place on banning conversion therapy, which essentially encompasses also just being able to explore with a child their gender and why they arrived at that point and not affirming them automatically straight away in their identity. And when he did this, he started a petition. And then before he knew it, he had been expelled from his university, blocked, given no explanation. And now he's going under legal battles. So there's lots of great interviews with him um, on YouTube, different podcasts, and you can find him on Twitter. He has a Substack, which is where I found this information. Thank you, James. But I thought it'd be good to highlight it here because he went undercover <laughs> in this webinar and recently our government released this draft guidance for gender questioning children i guess they're calling it but trans kids at school and they have basically said that if you um if a child starts identifying in tran as trans at school you have to tell the parents unless there is a very clear safeguarding concern which you know the argument that is if there was a safeguarding concern or violence over someone saying I'm they them then there'd probably be a safeguarding concern nonetheless because that's an abusive family but that's the guidance and then it also says that teachers do not have to be compelled to use the correct pronoun and suffer any sort of repercussion so I think they're both great we need to involve parents there's no world where the majority of parents should just automatically be assumed not to be trusted and also some teachers have a religious belief. Some teachers don't believe in gender ideology. If I was a teacher, I'd be one of those people. I wouldn't want to be saying they, them. I can deal with the he, she, but I don't think kids are trans. I don't think kids can fully be transsexuals, make that decision. But they were basically talking about this guidance. And of course, there's been absolute out uproar from all of the activist charities and these are the kind of things they were saying on the webinar. So they said, the term trans includes children who are gender non-conforming. So again, just like that other piece where he meets a girl who says, I don't like want to play football. And then, oh, right, you are they them. So it's the same. Oh, no one's transing, transing kids. No one's like manipulating kids to be trans. Oh, but um, trans now also means tomboys. So sorry, but I think you're incorrect. It also said the latest government guidelines erases the identities of trans children. Again, this fear mongering, hyperbolic language. No, it does not erase the identities. It's just saying you have to tell their parents because you're not their parents. <laughs> you creepy teachers. They said when the final guidelines is released, there will be lots of reasons not to follow it. Of course, <laughs> of course. And when someone challenged this they said well in an ideal world parents would be involved but that teachers should never share that a child is trans without that child's permission so we're trusting a six-year-old seven-year-old eight-year-old to say i'm trans and you don't have my, the permission to tell my parents excuse me what about a child saying um i'm sexually active but you don't have the permission to tell my parents do you see the kind of bounds we're getting into here? And I do believe, you know, people obviously, of course, inflate the idea that these people are predators. And we use the word grooming in the context of indoctrination. So I think you can sort of use it in that context. I prefer to say indoctrinate because grooming has a more sexual connotation. However, conservatives will sometimes like with a broad brush to say all these people are, you know, pedophiles, predators. 
So I don't think that's true, but I do believe that there are higher powers in this whole system who are in it for nefarious reasons. So when we talk about WPATH, the World Professional Association of Transgender Healthcare, something like that, they are messed up. They have guidelines in their healthcare policies about eunuch identity. So men who have a gender identity that it is that is not having balls, being castrated. And that is something that they are legitimately saying this is a health condition that you should treat. And there's a very disturbing gender doctor on TikTok called, her name is like Gallagher, I think. And she made a whole video about it. Just like, oh, these are a really up underrepresented group in society. Babes, like... There are men who have a fetish of having their balls castrated, you know? I don't judge that. Like, people have paraphilias and stuff. We can't control that. But then we're, we're now normalizing it as a gender identity. And it's the same as all of this stuff. There are fetishistic, fetishistic people out there. There are also doc people out there who have a fetish about castrating other people. So think about that. And I know it sounds far-fetched, but I do believe that there, this sort of process of putting something in place to separate a child from its parents and having a child think oh I can trust this adult more than my parents I will I will confide in them I will tell them this stuff whether or not that teacher is going to be the one to be the predator it doesn't matter because you've already created this environment for the child for someone else to swoop in and sure it might be a rare case but this is not a hole we want to go down. And these people are so indoctrinated and brainwashed into gender ideology that they believe sacri sacrificing parents' rights to allow a child to identify as the opposite sex or whatever, or no sex, is more important than telling a parent. It's so selfish. It's all about their own agenda, you know? It's the same thing. We see it on Reddit all the time with very distressed teenage boys saying, you know, I have read about autogynophilia and um, I can't control my sexual desires. Like I want to wear women's clothing and feeling so distressed. Like we need to have compassion for these people if they can't help it. And instead of getting help they need, you have older trans women or even autogynophiles who haven't transitioned who legitimately get a kick out of grooming kids online to convince them to transition. This is a thing. This is, there's a fetish where men fantasize about being forced to transition or forcing another man to go under sex reassignment surgery without their consent. That's a fetish. <laughs> and it's staring all of, all of us like straight in, straight in the eyes. <laughs> It is, but if anyone just took a beat to be like, wait, what is trans? Let me read it. Let me read one book. That's enough. It bursts the bubble and then it's no longer just a civil rights movement. It is so much more and it's disturbing. So whatever, if you think I'm being mean to these people, I don't care. Next up, <clears throat> is your cat non-binary? I mean, God knows what their meow would sound like if they're they, them. 
they'd probably call it like not a meow, like a dial. <laughs> the madness of inclusivity driving, sorry, the madness of inclusivity drive at a pet modeling agency. So speaking of James Essis, the story also came from him and it got a lot of attention on Twitter. So the Telegraph ended up writing an article on it. These are the things we're reading in the news these days instead of real matters. Obviously, of course, there are, but these are the things we're getting distracted by. However, it is hilarious. Urban Paws, which describes itself as the leading animal talent agency in the UK, included four gender options on the application form. Owners are required to complete to register their pets. So the options were male, female, gender neutral slash non-binary, and prefer not to say. I love how it's never it's never just non-binary. It's like non-binary slash gender questioning slash gender fluid slash gender neutral slash agender. And the thing is, because whoever writes these forms, they don't have a clue what the difference is between them because newsflash, there is no difference because they're all made up. <laughs> so gender neutral and non-binary, what's the difference? And prefer not to say, if anyone if anyone's out there and has a dog or a cat and someone says, boy or girl, and they say, I'd prefer not to say, they should not be looking after an animal. <laughs> they need to get checked into some sort of psychiatric ward, get on some meds, then maybe we can talk about having an animal. But honestly, if you are that much of a snowflake that you don't want to tell people the sex of your cat, you have issues. And when he posted the screenshot of this application form, you know, this guy, it's like everything he tries to do in life, this is staring at him blue in the face. And it's true for all of us. I encounter this stuff on a near daily basis, like at work, other activities I do outside of work. It's pervasive. And I guess when you're in the mindset of challenging it, you notice all, all the two more often. So he just recently got a kitten and was like, oh, I might just sign him up. He's so cute. I might sign him up for some acting work. And then, of course, the form says, is your cat non-binary, gender neutral, or prefer not to say. <laughs> so when everyone piled on urban paws, <laughs> they should be called woke paws, they said, we're just trying to be inclusive. What, inclusive for all the cats part of this cult? I mean, at this stage, you know, none of it makes sense to begin with. So why not? Like, I mean, we're already this far. We might as well trans all the animals as well. And then while we're at it, let's just, why don't we just trans the whole world? And then we'll just be back to square one. <laughs> That's probably more advisable. Why don't we just make everyone non-binary? And just say, why don't you just use your sex pronouns? Sounds like an easier solution to me. But then they sort of backpedaled on this and said, oh no, it was actually removed from the online application form after um, there was a system error going from one system to another. I'm not buying it <laughs> because their first response was, oh, we're just trying to be inclusive. Honestly, these people need to get a life. But they did keep in the prefer not to say category. So I'd love to know who's answering that on the application form because we're coming for your cat. <laughs> Sorry. Another depressing story, summer day camp for trans youth. <laughs> camp Indigo, 
already a weird name. We can kind of see where this is going. It's a summer day camp for trans and gender non-binary youth ages 5 to 17 in Ohio. So Ohio, RIP. Don't know too much about the states, but we've obviously lost you. All right, so this is, this is a summer camp specifically for trans and non-binary kids. And of course, you're wondering, well, how does this work? You know, how do you apply? How, how, do, how do they tell you're non-binary besides you just claiming you are? But luckily, we have a little um, FAQ at the back of the pamphlet. So one says, can cis siblings attend? That's a mouthful. <clears throat> so if someone is trans or non-binary, they're saying, can my sibling attend? And they've said, if they are under 12, we're trying to keep the teen space trans only. See, already, think about it, indoctrinate the kids, okay, they're trans or non-binary, separate them from the families, make them feel as part of a special club, aka a cult, and then make sure the teens who are, you know, post-pubescent don't have anyone else there. See where I'm going with this? Who knows? It's good to it's good to try and spot these things. They've said if the cis camper knows what the camp is about, they can come. So okay, they have to understand, okay, these are all trans and non-binary kids. This cis kid who wants to go to this trans and non-binary summer day camp, all you have to do is say I'm non-binary and then they'll let you come. Then you can go back to not identifying as after. <clears throat> And they finally said the trans and or non-binary camper is okay with it. So you need to be under 12. You need to know what the camp is about. And then your trans or non-binary sibling needs to be okay with it. Ridiculous. But then the question is, what about other LGBT people? One of the questions says, I have a gay daughter. Can I send her to this camp? The reply says, love that for her. Camp Indigo is a camp for trans and non-binary youth. We are not an LGBTQ camp. Although we love queer youth, this isn't the right space for your kiddo. Ridiculous. And with all of this, we are brainwashed to believe that LGBT and identity politics is in pursuit of being more inclusive, but actually all we ever do is more segregate people further. And we say, okay, so we have these list of 10 minorities and this one is the most oppressed. So therefore we're gonna make a separate summer camp for them. And anyone that arrives needs to appreciate who they are, understand why they're there, have respect for them. And then everyone there needs to be okay with them being there. That sounds, that sounds great and so progressive. That sounds like it's going to lead to very great outcomes of togetherness and non-judgmental mind towards people. I mean, I'm judgmental towards all this, but in my own twisted brain, I think it's justified. Last disturbing story about the kids in America. I'm just so glad the UK is better than this. I know we've had our fair share of problems, but it seems like for all the faults of our current government, at least, they understand that this is all bullshit and they're like, no, no, <laughs> no. But this is sad. So Maine, you're also on my blacklist apparently, but there's a new proposed bill in, mail, in Maine on gender affirming care. 
and it authorizes the court to take temporary jurisdiction because a child has been unable to obtain gender-affirming health care or gender-affirming mental health care. And when we talk about gender-affirming health care, we're, we're discussing puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries, or a combination of all three. So if a child wants these things and they're 12, 13 years old, and the parents say, we're not comfortable with that, we don't think they're ready, this bill is proposing that a court can actually remove the child from that parent's home and take temporary jurisdiction of them because they're at some sort of risk of safeguarding, risk of harm, because their parents don't want to mutilate their child and make them sterile. So again, you look at this and you think, this is insane, this is whack. But where is it coming from? There are people with nefarious ideas behind all of this. I'm sure there are. Whether it's filtering all the way down from the tippy tippy top, there are people out there. It is their mission to make this ideology pervasive around society. And a very easy way to do that is by indoctrinating the kid and separating the kid from their parents. It's devastating. Can you imagine? raising a kid, caring about that kid so much, doing everything right. You know, these kids aren't necessarily even from tough backgrounds. Some of them just happen to have autism or a personality disorder or just a little bit of anxiety or, you know, find it hard to fit in at school. A lot of them are actually coming from very well put together families who love their kids. So what the hell is this? How is this actually happening? Who knows? Well, we all know because there are some very creepy, fetishistic, ideological people driving this. And, you know, this is just one state, but I've seen numerous accounts from California and Canada of fathers or I don't know if I've seen any mothers. I'm sure there are the same comparative thing, but where one parent affirmed the identity and wanted all the hormones and stuff, and the other parent did not. A story I heard just today from a GenSpect panel, this dad was absolutely distraught. His child is five years old, and from the age of three, he said the mother groomed the child to believing the child was a girl. So his child is a boy. And he didn't go along with all this, and then she took him to court, and now he has a restraining order. He hasn't seen his kid in two years. And he's lost his family to a cult. He's devastated. But yet the mother, this crazy liberal woke mother, Munchausen's by proxy mother, she's the one being praised. Oh my God, thank God you got out. Thank God for you. You got away from that, you know, fascist. And this father, who would probably be very happy just to have a gay kid, is without a child. And how are so few people talking about this is the question. <clears throat> there comes a point when you have chances to speak out. And I understand that some people are in industries and professions, walks of life where speaking out on this stuff, even in a personal life level, is there's too much at stake. And I know some people who you know, are in the performing arts industry and they have the same viewpoints as me and they've said there's just absolutely no way I can ever talk about this because 
musical theater, performing arts. If you've not seen my video, why I left the left, I used to be in musical theater. And of course have suffered all the backlash from those people, although I don't even care. Um, there's not a chance you could talk about this. And when we think about people have seeing these things, and it's not just about gender, it's about race, it's about Israel, Palestine, it's about everything happening because there's always good and bad, you know, evil and angel, angel and devil, probably should have said, but people just look at the world through like, this is the villain, this is the hero, it's so simplistic. And then anyone who has a bit of nuance to add to the conversation has to be terrified. So I just feel it depends on the kind of person you are, because for some bizarre reason, <laughs> I felt like I wanted to do this. And I've always been someone who just finds it really difficult to accept when something is unjust and there is some sort of injustice happening. Goes back to my child and my father, but yeah, I mean, not only did I sort of just burst into the online sphere talking about this, but it kind of all, all snowballed at once. But I just want to say that, like, if you're someone out there feeling like you can't talk about this around family, friends, work people, I really feel feel you. You know, it's it's tough and it's scary. And I would imagine a lot of my audience are LGBT. So I think it's even more prevalent in those circles. But I think we can all try and make some progress by taking baby steps, little steps, you know. Like, what, what's the sort of one crazy policy that you could maybe bring up in conversation and just, you know, get that conversation going a little bit and do your part? You know, there's most, the majority of people will never talk online about anything, let alone this. So that's not what I'm saying. But I just think it would be great if we could inspire people more because what's so frustrating about all of this is that it's the silent majority who is not woke but then the Wokies are ruling the playground. So if everyone just came out at once and said, uh, these are all the things I disagree with, that would be it. Well, maybe not be it, it, but it would certainly be progress. But instead, you just have these industries, these institutions with people at the top making all the calls. You know, it's, it's a dictatorship. But anyway, I digress. Last story up here is on Davina McCall. So... She um, was the latest to be cancelled on Twitter, actually from the gender critical side. She is pretty famous in the UK. She's an ex, uh, still probably presenter, but well known for presenting Big Brother for years. I really like her. I think she comes across really well. She's done many different things in life, exercise videos. She's written a book on menopause and she's writing a second book on menopause currently. And she posted a video to Twitter saying that she wanted to make the book more inclusive. And this is where it all started. Hi, I am editing my book and I've just realized that there is a glaring omission. Um, I really would love to hear from you if you are a trans man or um, non-binary and you have ovaries um, and your hormone profile is still the same, um, and that you are experiencing menopause in some way, you're very underrepresented and you were about to be underrepresented in my book, which is a terrible thing. And I'm really sorry about that. But get in touch. 
um, or just um, tag me or tag anyone that you think might be interested in telling me their story. I'd love to put you in the book. All right. There's quite a lot to unpack there, but I, I mean, as a compliment, I think she's a very sweet woman. I don't think she has nefarious intentions at all. Um, I do think it's hilarious, just the mental gymnastics that has to be said, just to say, if you're a woman, please get in touch. It's like, if you are trans or non-binary or your hormone profile is the same or you have ovaries, babes, like, you can, okay, you can just say if you're female and it doesn't have to be assigned sex female because we're all male or female. It can just be if you're female and you're, you're trans and you're on testosterone, speak to me. Because I think that is a genuine point, you know, whether gender critical people like it or not. Trans people are in society. There are women on testosterone. And when it comes to the menopause, that's something where that profile is very relevant. You know, it must be very different for a trans man to experience menopause if they do at all. I'm not really too sure. I mean, the one thing I've heard is even teenage girls who identify as trans and go on hormones actually can sometimes experience early onset menopause from the age of like 15 and have hot flashes. So clearly there is a nuance there. Now, non-binary, I'm sorry, but when are we just going to stop pretending that non-binary people are somehow these different organisms, different biological organisms that are neither male or female? Can you imagine a non-binary person DMing her and saying, oh my God, I saw your video, I'm non-binary and um, I want to be in your book. And then she has, a, she has a, a Zoom call with them and they're just a woman. <laughs> and there's a chapter in the book that says non-binary section and it says, if you are female and you identify as non-binary, then follow all the, you can just read all the other chapters. End of. I mean, am I missing something here? But people probably argue, oh, but, you know, it's a different experience and, like, they might not relate to their menopause. And Babes, I think there are... The majority of women probably don't relate to their menopause. <laughs> you know? It's just like people saying, telling young girls, oh, if you get your period and it's uncomfortable, then you're probably trans. No, I'm pretty sure most girls hate getting their period when they first get it and then every other time they get it after. Now, I'm sorry if I'm speaking for women <clears throat> incorrectly there. It's what I've heard from friends and online sphere. So feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. There's a fetish for everything. There's probably some girls out there at the period fetish. Absolutely fine. Do what you want to do in your own time. But <clears throat> there's this woman who is called Dr. Pam Spur. She was spurred on, this doctor. She's a psychologist and artist, which I don't know how that makes sense. But she said the quote-unquote terrible thing at This Is Divina is you've brought into gender ideology. You've bought into gender ideology. It's tick emoji, misogynistic, tick homophobic, tick totally unsafe for children. Many women won't buy your book now because women are sick to death of being sold out by the gender cult. Listen to women, hashtag sex matters. So again, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't disagree necessarily. I think freedom of speech, she has a right to say what she did. I think it's pretty like inflammatory, but each to their own. And 
I guess you can make the leap that even by simply acknowledging trans people exist, you're like somehow fueling the gender ideology and people will be um, convinced to transition and erasing more gay people. I can see that. I mean, it is, if we only, the thing is, if we only talk about trans positively, then that is an outcome, right? If we were able to actually acknowledge the pitfalls of trans and the drawbacks to trans and the types of people who are trans but it's actually more of a sexual thing and all of these nuances and stuff then I think we could also channel the good sides of it and then if someone's like yeah I am a woman identifying as a man on testosterone so this chapter in this book will help me but making this leap by her just saying this and then somehow she's buying into misogyny and stuff I don't I don't think that it's that simple so I personally believe this Dr. Spur, the artist, the doctor of artistry, <laughs> um, was taking a bit of a leap, but let's see what she had to say. I was furious to see that she's appealing to what is most likely many vulnerable women who have bought into the fallacy, the fantasy that they were born in the wrong body. Early menopause is brought on for many of these women who take masculinizing hormones. Well, I was surprised and disappointed. Yeah. Close to her was forthright. I did not feel it was rude or aggressive. Now, when I get a forthright tweet like that, I either answer it or ignore it. I block tons of people who use vile language, make horrible accusations, or keep coming back at me. I, I, I block people all the time for that, but not from someone just stating frankly and forthrightly their opinion. So... She's playing the victim, saying, I just made this post and then she she blocked me and I would never block someone like that. Just because she blocked you doesn't mean that she's just evading the fact that she's in the wrong. Which she, I would argue she's, it's not, it's not that simple. But maybe she just doesn't want to deal with this bullshit and she has other things to be doing. And just in a similar way that you have a right to write a post like that, she has a right to block you. And you don't have to go on the news to whine about it. But then Davina, and this is why I like her, she did make a video in retort. Hey, um, uh, somebody just sent me a message going, oh, you're getting piled on. I was thinking, oh my God, what's that for? You guys are quite late to the party. I talked about this two years ago. And what's interesting, um, I've had um, the kind of extreme um, sort of trans community pile on me and try and cancel me because I said that I found the podcast about JK Rowling um, very balanced and now you lot are piling on me for uh, including a, a trans man in my menopausing book I'm really over it anybody for the mass singer tonight <laughs> love it little flourish on the end I think go you, go her, like calling out the bullshit on this issue. No matter what I say, this side's going to come for me, that side's going to come for me. And props to her. I think it's so much easier to call out the gender critical people who a lot of them, a lot of them don't just disagree with this, but they really seem to have harbor animosity and hatred for trans people and especially AGP um men who feel aroused by looking at themselves as a woman I don't feel that they have much compassion now I understand that it's complex but anyway I digress again they ha that's their right but I think to 
come out and say the trans activists piled on me as well just because I it was balanced. Like even that in alone is you could be fired. You could lose your life, you know? So props to her for saying that. I think it's great. And she's calling out the bullshit, the hypocrisy of all of it. And, you know, I did look back on this period where she was talking about the podcast and yes, it was balanced, even though ContraPoints <laughs> liked to uh, claim that it was entirely one-sided just because she didn't come across as well being interviewed in it. <laughs> That's it. It's like, oh, um, I w- I'm going to be part of this podcast and share my story and then everyone's going to believe me. And then you listen to the whole thing and say, oh my God, the other side's actually making really good points. So let's go cry the victim and say, actually, it's just transphobic, the whole thing. And Pink News did several hit pieces on Davina McCall. That's the other thing is that Pink News, Pink News just seemed to be happy to do hit pieces on anybody. So long as they disagree with like a teeny tiny bit of what they believe in, of their cult. So it doesn't matter how famous a celebrity is, or even if this celebrity has been a queer icon. So we take like Martina Navratilova, one of the most famous tennis players, a lesbian. There are hardly any gay people in the sport of tennis. I don't know of any gay men and I watch a lot of tennis, but a very big, important voice in the space. And straight away, just because she says, I don't think men should be in women's sports. Then pink news are like, okay, we'll throw you under the bus. See ya. We say we're not erasing gay people. So well done, Davina. I'm really liking it. I think you're shooting the conversation down. That's it. End of. And this is what I would like to see more of. All right, everyone. We've come to the fun part, reacting to woke TikToks. And I just want to preface this by saying that I can get a little bit carried away with these. And you may agree or disagree. Some people don't like that I do this and react to stuff. That's totally fine if you don't like it. Some people think that I'm being hateful and nasty. Totally fine if you think if you think that. People also say that what's the point of reacting to TikToks like this and, you know, quote unquote bullying people like they have no relevance and stuff. Now, that's where I highly disagree because where are the youth of our generation learning a lot of their ideas? TikTok. And they're coming out of hours of scrolling with all of these new ideas And this in particular is very captivating. So I think that it's very relevant. I think TikTok and Instagram, I think all of these social media apps are an enormous part of youth culture, of all culture, but specifically youth culture. So to just kind of brush past it and say, oh, there's just a few crazy people on TikTok. I mean, they are thousands of people on TikTok, (laughs) first of all. but no, it's not that simple. So if if I see these people on TikTok disrespecting the rights that gay and lesbian people have fought for, then I'm coming for you. <laughs> and I don't care if you disagree. If you disagree, then don't watch and move on. Okay, here we go. I didn't know that Kurt Cobain was probably trans. Here's why. First off, Kurt wore a lot of women's clothing. And when asked about this, they replied that they wore dresses all the time because they felt comfortable and free. Just look at Kurt in these pictures. They look so happy. And in an interview about their childhood, Kurt said that they mostly hung out around girls and that at one point they thought they might be gay. Many trans people who don't have the vocabulary yet 
to express their gender identity will describe what they're feeling as being gay. That's exactly what I did in middle school. Kurt is also quoted as saying that they identify more with the feminine than with the masculine. This is clear proof that Kurt did not identify with the gender they were assigned at birth. And the most convincing evidence that Kurt was trans was in an early version of Nirvana's All Apologies lyrics, where Kurt wrote, let me grow some that is clear-cut gender dysphoria. And of course, Kurt will never be able to tell us themselves, but the evidence makes it pretty obvious they were trans. That might be why Kurt's no longer with us. Maybe Kurt knew that we weren't ready. All right. Uh, where do we start with this one? So this person, most people will be familiar with this person because I'm so sick of saying, okay, he... Um, is well known for going around to restaurants and recording wait staff, waiting, waiting staff servers who um, call him him uh, because he's a woman, evidently. Was that not obvious? Uh, and obviously gets a kick out of all of this. And this narcissist, if you, if you see this person's channel and you think, oh my God, this cute transgender woman. <laughs> Again, it's staring at us blue in the face. All of it points to fetish, right? He's like a straight guy. He transitioned way later in life. He's also got an orchiectomy. And he is looking at Kurt Cobain as an example. And a lot of the stuff he's mentioning is actually very typical of autogynophilia. You know, a man who wants to express himself in this feminine way, even though he's not gay, um, Kurt Cobain has also said before, yeah, I'm just a lot more comfortable in feminine stuff. Sometimes I just wear feminine stuff around the house, which is a very classic sign of the transvestism and the fetishistic nature. Um, it's also common for them to question the sexuality because the idea of being with a man is this sort of meta attraction where it helps them feel validated as a woman. But then they're thinking, but I'm not actually attracted to him. So what does that mean? So some of them do think maybe I'm gay, but then they realize, no, they're not. And also imagining having women's body parts, breasts and a vagina. Now, unlike Mr. You know, Kurt Cobain, trans in Kurt Cobain, I'm not here to say Kurt Cobain had a fetish and autogranophilia. I would say from what I've read about him, it could be, but I'm also not here to say it is the case. This other TikTok guy, I would be very, very surprised if it was not the case. <laughs> Because these people need to, they need to cling on so hard to these thoughts and try and convince everyone else that this equals trans. Because they'll do anything to protect this idea of themselves as a woman. It is sacred to them. They are in love with themselves with that. So, of course, they'll, they'll go by any means. And if one of those is rewriting history and saying, oh, look, like there's not an explosion of trans people. There's always been trans people and they just didn't have access to this kind of stuff like Kurt Cobain. And then the same person who makes all of these misgendering videos is happy to call Kurt Cobain them, they, them. Again, it only works one way over it. Yes, general preferences are always transphobic. You're welcome. No, but seriously, deciding that you don't want to be intimate with someone 
because of the genitals they have is transphobic, particularly like if you think about in this case, this means that this person is not open to dating trans women, which invalidates their women. Yeah, I'm not. Not only that, it makes assumptions about the way that trans people are going to want to use those genitals. The idea that trans people use the body parts that they have in the same way that cis people with those same body parts do is transphobic. Say it with me. Genital preferences are always transphobic. Say it with me. You are not a gay man and you will never be a gay man. <laughs> I'm really sorry, babes, but in any twisted world, even the twisted worlds, you are not going to walk into a space of gay men, and I mean, I mean actual gay men, not bisexual men, not men with the fetish for trans men, gay men, and think that they are going to want to get you naked and have sex with you. It's not going to happen. I am a gay man. I have seen the power of male sexual drive, male sexual behavior, when it is men who like men together. You're not cut out for it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And it's disrespectful. It's very disrespectful to think you can put on a mesh top and go into gay male spaces, go on Grinder and say, genital preference is transphobic. Say it with me. Genital preference is always transphobic. No, it's not. And if transphobia, so this is my theory on transphobia is that Transphobia is defined on whoever the person is you're speaking to because it's so broad. So by this girl's logic, I'm transphobic and I'm very happy to be. Because in, in what world would I want to get up in this person's vagina? <laughs> there is no world. There is no world. And even if this person had a penis, I would not be interested because this whole video is just disgusting. The voice, the attitude, the message. It doesn't matter if you have the most beautiful penis in the world. It's not happening. And you're not getting the gaze. I saw, I saw another video of this person saying, oh, I'm usually on Grindr. You know, people are always in my DMs and hitting me up. But for some reason, like here, it's dry. Like no one's messaging me. Yeah, um, I think you're onto something there, actually. And you might mean I'm being nasty, but I did not go through homophobia growing up to have some woman who's likely androphilic and has a fetish towards being a gay man to try and come into my spaces saying that if you don't like vagina, you are transphobic. I don't care. I'm transphobic. I don't like vagina. She said, um, you're, by not liking them, you're invalidating their experience as a trans person. Okay. And? If you feel invalidated by the fact that I don't want to sleep with you, then off to you. <laughs> Honestly. <sighs> so this is a friendly reminder to white women who are working with someone on their anti-racism and healing journey, right? So I know that one of the things that happens with you guys is you go to this place where you might need to schedule an additional session or you might be really struggling with something and then you have this thought of, oh, I don't want to bother them, right? And I'll figure it out on my own. That 
is that supremacy thing coming up. You believing that even though you have these in these things ingrained in the foundation of who you are, that you will somehow in your superiority be able to crawl through the fog and the chaos and all of that stuff to get to clarity without assistance from a black person. Oh, I don't need the black person to help me with this. I, as a white woman, am fully capable of dismantling this white supremacy within myself. Stop it. Stop. No, you need the help. That is why you're working with this person. Does that mean you might need to schedule additional sessions? Yeah. But keep in mind, when we talk about how it is not black women's responsibility to do these things for you and provide these services for free for you, recognize what we're saying is for free. We're expressing that we will do these things, but you will pay us for our labor. We're not providing the labor for free anymore. That's what we're saying. If you are a paying customer, you are a paying client, and you need to schedule an additional session, baby, schedule the additional session. My God. Do you remember what I said about being able to push back on ideas, even if they're from a minority group? This is it. This is the narcissist in bed who is like, yeah, um, if you think that you're done with your white supremacy and then you have a question and you think you can do it without the support of a black person, then you're wrong. And you need to schedule another session with this. So just a bit of context. This person runs an organization that charges white women $6,000 to do a course in anti-racism and ridding their white supremacy away. $6,000. What the hell is going on? You have these woke white women who are obviously so sexually frustrated (laughs) that they put their energy into this and pay this narcissist who is, you know, sitting there in bed saying, no, 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 no. We don't work for free anymore. That is like, I think that's my favorite line from it because of course you need to bring in this slavery. Fun fact is that back when Americans enslaved some black people, only 1% of all white Americans were involved in the slavery or had slaves. So actually 99% of America was never involved in that, the white people. And then with, you know, lineage reproduction, then those statistics have become even more diluted. So you have a very, like a huge probability that you are not of a lineage that was enslaved if you're black and in America. That's just a fact. And even if you did, this woman was not enslaved. And she says, no, 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 no. We, we, we don't work for free anymore. Fuck off. This is what you want to do with your life is making other people feel guilty for stuff people did in the past. That is nothing, not that much to do with us anymore. You know, I'd argue nothing to do with this anymore. The only reason it has so much to do with you is because you're making your whole life about this and you're making money of other people's vulnerabilities and obviously innately they want to be good people and give back to society and you are exploiting them for your own narcissistic agenda and then you'll still sit up there in bed you know 
we're all privileged to have a roof over our heads and have a job. And not only do you have those things and access to the internet, everything, but you are able to set up an organization where white people pay you for you to tell them how racist they are. And somehow you are still oppressed. Again, opposite land. I want to try to define my gender, but it's really hard in 60 seconds, so I'm going to talk really fast. I'm gender fluid, and here's how that works for me. Most of the time, I'm one of two, like, modes or mindsets. Most of the time, I am this weird amalgamation of, like, genders and vibes and essence and just being that I literally cannot define. I don't know. You're just going to have to take my word for it. It's like the universe. It's, like, ever-flowing. There's, like sparkles and it's just like it it changes over time and it moves through each other and it's never it's never one thing and then other like majority of the time I'm just a void like there's nothing there it, it there's just an absence and I don't know how else to describe it so either everything or nothing those are the two that I'm usually in but then every once in a while and I don't know where it comes from but I'll just be thrust back into a binary I'll just be sitting there chilling enjoying my life and then all of a sudden I'm a man like, who asked? Or a woman? Since when? Okay. A couple of things here. The first would be, if anyone saw this video or heard an audio of this girl in the 70s, there would be 1,000% confirmation that she's on acid or LSD or mushrooms. Think about everything she said. Oh, I'm this amalgamation of um, genders and, I, and vibes and it's like the universe and all these things, but then I'm also a void and then it's nothing. Like, babes, you're on a trip and you're experiencing ego death. It's not fun. That is what this sounds like. So you can see how powerful this ideology is that they don't even need to take drugs to have these experiences and convince themselves that because they have something called a personality and a temperament and likes and dislikes and that some days they might be a bit grumpy because they didn't get that much sleep or they haven't had their coffee and some days they might be a little chirpier or feeling a little more humorous but that means that you are a mix of genders and vibes and a universe ever flowing and a void and that some days you're a man, some days you're a woman. No, it's called being human and having emotions and having a personality. But I would argue that you're actually robbing yourself of the chance to develop a personality because this is all there is, is gender. And then, you know, again, none of them just sit back in bed like that other disgusting woman <laughs> thinking, huh, I wonder why all the other non-binary people have green hair. Hmm. Meh. <laughs> Am I the only one? Okay, last one, everyone. Hey, TikTok. Just wanted to let you know that I am pushing my gay agenda on everybody. If I get a chance to talk to your children, I will turn them trans. And I'm also promoting obesity. Have a gay, fat, trans day. The funny thing is, is that this is sort of trolling i think and making a fun out of what right right-wing people will say but she isn't wrong is the issue there are many people online 
trying to convince kids that they're trans on Reddit, rewriting stories about Kurt Cobain, saying that he was trans and he just didn't know it. And then we all know about this fat positivity movement and that you can be obese and healthy and that health is a mindset and that if you're not attracted to fat people, you need to work on your fat phobia. Opposite land. Opposite land. So she's joking about it in the mirror saying, I'm, I'm going to call time to your kids. But babes, you are. You are. And these are the two movements which I think are... Well, I have to think about that, but I'm going to say it now. Gender and fat positivity are two of the worst ideologies to come out in the last few years for our youth. In what, it, in what world can we convince society so easily to be anti-science and anti-biology in every form that obesity and heart problems and cholesterol and strokes, diabetes are just a social construct? That you can be obese and happy? That people are not attracted to fat people because of social conditioning and not, not the fact that if we were in hunter-gatherer days, who would you want to be with? The obese person or the person who was fit and healthy and could actually help you run from a predator, a beast, help you fight? I think it's pretty obvious. Oh, but no, we live in um, civilization now with buildings and, and technology and stuff. We don't need that anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter because we're still animals. And let's hope we don't evolve to be exclusively attracted to obese people. <laughs> it's probably a bit much. But anyway, it's been super fun today, everyone. Thank you so much if you have stuck with me this long. I really appreciate it. Um, if you are enjoying the Jack Jewel podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would consider following it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, giving it a rating, or if you feel very generous, writing a short review. I think I have a bit of an audience here on YouTube already. So of course, if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video and comment down below. But I'm still kind of working out how you actually promote podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If any of you have any tips besides what I'm doing already, Link in the description below. And I forgot to say that I have now joined Instagram. I caved. So it is the same, Jack X Jewel. Please follow me on there. And lots more coming up. Lots of exciting things. So that's all for today. And I will see you in the next one. because we're still animals. And let's hope we don't evolve to be exclusively attracted to obese people. <laughs> it's probably a bit much. But anyway, it's been super fun today, everyone. Thank you so much if you have stuck with me this long. I really appreciate it. Um, if you are enjoying the Jack Jewel podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would consider following it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts giving it a rating, or if you feel very generous, writing a short review. I think I have a bit of an audience here on YouTube already. So 
Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video and comment down below. But I'm still kind of working out how you actually promote podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If any of you have any tips besides what I'm doing already, link in the description below. And I forgot to say that I have now joined Instagram. I caved. So it is the same Jack X Jewel. Please follow me on there. And lots more coming up. Lots of exciting things. So that's all for today. And I will see you in the next one.